So Psalm 66 starts out. I don't have all the verses up there, um, so I want you to look at it in your scripture. I'm reading now the NASB. It says, the Lord said, or the word Paul says, who's it? Is it David? It is David. David said, shout joyfully to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. We've been doing that. Say to God how awesome are your works. Because of the greatness of your power, your enemies will give feigned obedience to you. All the earth will worship you and will sing praises to your name. They will sing praises to your name. Come and see. Somebody say, come and see. Come and see the works of God, who is awesome in his deeds toward the sons of men. Okay, so I'm, I'm reading this yesterday for really like leaning into like, okay, God, what are you saying to me? This is what I feel prophetically. He's saying for you, for the church, and he's saying for me. Number one is you're going to have for this next year great confidence in God. Great confidence in God. Like you're going to have this heart say, I want to praise God because of the wonderful things you are doing. Great confidence in God. I see that happening. Fresh trust in him. Declaring out loud. I see the, this, this uh, testimony of the works of God. He said, come see the works of God. He even said, the power of God is going to be released at such a measure that his enemies are going to give feigned obedience. That means they're going to be forced to obey him. The enemies of God are going to be forced to obey him. Now, let's declare that over our nation right now. I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about spirit realm. The enemies of God are going to be forced to obey him. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah, over Alaska, over um, uh, this, this church, the, the Lord is going to overcome the powers of darkness because they're going to be, the power of God is going to be released at such a measure. I was thinking immediately when I was reading, I think of Acts chapter 3 and 4 where John and Peter come across a beggar. You guys remember, and he's lame since birth. And Peter and John says, silver, and gold have I none, but what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk, right? You guys know the story. And the authorities had to bow their knees because of all of the witness of it, the authorities who were against, just crucified Jesus, all, all of a sudden, they're at the mercy of the crowds. Come on. And I'm just thinking about, and what did they say? They're educated and untrained people, but they had been with Turn to your neighbor. We're going to be with Jesus this year. I just feel like this is the fruit. This is the fruit of us taking the time to pursue him. Look at verse, I like uh, 66, 16 through 19. Jump there. This, he's, they're testifying out of them getting delivered out of Egypt. Is what, the, what, what, the, uh, what this is about here. But look at this verse 16. He says, come in here all who fear God and I will tell of what he has done for my soul. Fresh witnessing. Mariah already said, everybody has a testimony, but it's going to go deeper. It's not about your salvation. It's about a restoring of your soul. Let me tell you about the joy of the Lord. Let me tell you about the peace that passes understanding. Let me tell you about my hope. I have hope in my soul, but everything else is crashing. The testimony of soul. I believe the Lord is loosing Prophetically, right now I'm saying, losing a fresh testimony in our lives, the speaking from our soul. And then he goes on to say, um, 
I cried to him, verse 17, with my mouth, and he was sat, extolled with my tongue. Extolled is a word like exalted. He was exalted with my tongue. If I regard a witness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. I believe there's a purifying work coming upon us all. Come on, say, I welcome the purity of God. I'm, I'm believing there's a purifying work coming on the church. Wickedness is going to go away. And the result is, but certainly God has heard and he's given heed to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer, nor his loving kindness from me. I, I believe that there is going to be a fresh work of boldness in our prayer lives. Like the deferred hope stuff is going to be swept away. And we're going to have a fresh like belief that God's going to hear our prayers and answer them. Everybody that wants that, raise your hand. Let me just see in this room. We say, yes, Lord. We say, yes, Lord. We will receive that, Lord. Okay. So I just want to show you how, how um, the Lord met me in Psalm 66. I'm going to go to Isaiah 66 in a minute. But how he met me and he converged with John 15, which is what I was going to speak on. So turn your Bibles to John 15, and uh, reading from verse 7, 7 and 8, actually I think I'll turn there too, Matthew, John, let's get a race, who's there, who's there, who's there, who's there, who's not there, turn in your Bibles, come on now, look in your Bibles, I don't have everything up here, John 15, 7, actually I do have this up there. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by, by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So here, here's the Lord's goal for us, that we, we are abiding in his love and his words and we prove to be his disciples and glorify the Father because much fruit is coming out of our lives. This is his, his will. And so this, this idea of abiding in him and my words abiding in you, ask whatever you wish and it shall be done for you. This, this, is, this is the word of the Lord that I feel is like so... So desirous for you that you would find life in the Word of God. This is the Word of God, the words of God. The Creator of the universe wrote this, had this infallibly given by His Spirit to nurture your soul. If you're empty, it's because you're not in this. This is where you meet God. It's not going there for knowledge, head knowledge. There's good information in here. It's not what it's about. It's about a soul that's thirsty and hungry for the living God. And it's found in his word. And Jesus says, if my words abide in you, your prayers are going to be answered. Why? Because you're going to know his heart. You're going to know his will. You're going to pray what he's praying. And he's going to say, yes, I was just waiting for you to pray that prayer because I've been praying it. I'm asking the Lord to recalibrate your lifestyle. 
that this is daily what you're partaking of. A, a, a study was done by Logos, which is a Bible study software. And they did a study of 400,000 people in America who attend church. A big database. And this is what they, they were surprised about what they found. If you're in the word one day a week, it will have no effect on your life. If you're in the word two days a week, it will have no effect on your life. If you're in the word three days a week, minimal effect on your life. All of a sudden, when you hit four days, it's almost like when the majority of the days of the week, you're in the word. When you hit four days, it just went boom. And this is what they found. People that are in the word at least four days a week, this, these are the results. 30% drop for those who felt lonely. 32% drop for those that are dealing with anger problems. 40% drop of people having bitterness in relationships, especially marriage. Alcohol has dropped 57%. Addiction to pornography dropped 60%. Just think what would happen to the pornography industry if the American people read the word at least four times a week. The, the pornography industry would like dive and die. I, I had a young man come up second hour and he said, when you said that, I, he said, he's a young man, he said, I want to get in the word because I want to get free from pornography. I said, come on, come on. A, a biggest decline is from those who feel distant from God, 62% drop. Look at the positive side. For those who spend at least four times a week in the Word, sharing their faith jumps 200%. Somebody should be smiling. That's good news. Discipling others jumps 230%. When you're, when you're in the Word and your soul is being, nat, is being satur, or, uh, nurtured, by, by the very words of God and, and, and you've, you're becoming alive, vibrant on the inner man and you get, you're seeing the wisdom of God and the blueprint for life and, and you, you, all of a sudden you say, how can I help others know this? That's discipling. All of a sudden there's this urge. How do I come beside somebody and like give them the food that I've been eating? It's really cool. So, so the word Become alive. I'm praying for that. As we, as we spend time seeking God and as we send out the emails, we're going to have you in the Word and activating times with the Lord. Um, but I want you to show how, how the Lord spoke to me out of Isaiah 66. I didn't even get very far into it when I said, okay, God, you obviously are on this. He says, this, to this one I will look. I'm just reading verse 2. The Verse 1 is good too. To this one I will look. This is Isaiah 66. To him who is humble contrite of spirit, and who does what? Trembles. Trembles at my word. Humble. Humility. Humility simply is this like, it's this thing where you go bowing down before God Almighty. And in humility, just saying, Lord, there's a lot on my plate, and I know I can't do it well unless you're right in the middle of me. I got to have you. I can do nothing I can do nothing for you or for good apart from you. 
He, he says, the scripture says, he draws near to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. But what does he do to the proud? He opposes them. What does it mean to be contrite? Contrite, actually a word that means to be overcome or conquered. So what happens to the believer is like we come to this place where we look at America and we look at what's going on in the southern borders. We look what's going on on the shore or the store shelves and the inflation. And we look what's going on, the violence increasing and, and there's all that going on. And, and we don't be contrite because of that. We be contrite because we know that's not God's will. And so we bow and we say, we're not becoming fearful. We're becoming dependent on you. We need you. Anybody with me? Fear is not your friend. Anxiety is not your friend. It's a spirit. It's a spirit. Don't partner with that spirit. Instead, bow your knee and say, God, I trust you. And I need you. We need you. And we invite you. That's prayer. That's prayer. And it says, those who tremble at my word, again, that comes back to the fear of the Lord. The Lord is releasing a fresh, it's not an unhealthy fear, it's a very healthy fear. It's, it's this idea that, <clears throat> the main idea of the fear of the Lord is, he's big and he's good, and I don't want to do anything that gets in the way of him and me. That's a healthy fear of the Lord. And he's releasing that on the church in a fresh way. Anybody say amen? And so uh, Jesus, you know, in the Beatitudes, you know, he talks about this. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. To be poor in spirit is just this place of, we need you. We need you, Lord. I'm, I, I know I don't have the strength I need. And he says, I will be strong for those who agree that they are weak. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe the kingdom is going to be released to the church in 2024 in a new, fresh Fresh, fresh way. And so here we go forward. I'm going to move forward here. Oh, 1230 already. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be fast in Jesus' name. Okay. John 15, 9. That's my motor. Uh, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. And that's really what we're leaning into is to be awakened again to the first love that we have for Christ, to actually make ourselves ready for Christ. The, the bride and spirit calls out Maranatha. We, like, we long to be with the Lord. We long to be with him because he's the only one that loves us like we need to be loved. If you're married, you know that by now. If you've been married more than six months, you know that by now. There's only one that loves you perfectly, and it's not your spouse. Do I have an amen? Oh, you don't, say it, don't say it loud. Don't there, there is this reality that what I need is found in the love of the Father for the Son and the love of the Son for us. It's so interesting. Jesus loved his disciples to the end. And then he tells them, abide in my love. Make your home in my love. Dwell in my love. Because just as the Father loved me, so I have loved you. And we, we know the love of the Father is what we all need. And so learning to abide, to wait upon the Lord, to receive the revelation of love. I, 
I'm not going to share that story, so I'm going to have to move forward. Um, okay, so we're going to abide in his love. He says, though, how do we abide in his love? Well, this is one of the ways. Look at verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. If, if you are a child of God, I'm hoping that you're learning, because we don't always learn the easy way, that every commandment given by God is an invitation into abundant life. Every commandment given by God is an invitation into abundant life and a warring off the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This obeying God is a demonstration that you've been loved by God and you have been won by God and you trust him. Somebody say, I trust him. So the commandments of the Lord, David said, I meditate on the commandments of the Lord day and night for I delight in them. Because he's discovered that life is found by obeying and following God. So the real question is, who are you following? Really, that is the question, isn't it? Who are you following? Are you following Jesus? Or are you following you? And freedom is found in following Jesus. Simple illustration, but you guys have all experienced this. With a toddler, Maverick, not that many months ago, he wasn't quite one. But he's in my house. Our house is pretty small. It's got little gas furnace, stove. It's all it's got, natural gas. And when it comes on, it gets hot. And so you know what goes on. Micah and Haley are going, don't touch Maverick. Blisters. Tears. We're all very sad. But the command from his parents was given out of what? Love. Love. All the commandments of the Lord are for your well-being. When we disobey God, we're basically saying, we don't believe you in this one. And so he's saying, if you abide in my love, you'll keep my commandments. The commandments of the Lord are only seem like restrictions those, to those who are on the outside looking in. They're not, they're not in relationship with this trusting father or this father they can trust in. And so I invite you, like if you look at the commandments as a restriction, then step into a place of abiding. Ask the Lord for a new perspective. But I really believe the Lord wants to move us out of compromise in any area of our lives. He wants to move us out of complacency. He wants to move us out of any lukewarmness that's come into our hearts and lives. Because any complacency, any compromise, any lukewarmness, what it does, it distorts to the world what God is like. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So I love this uh, Leonard Ravenhill. He's, he's a revivalist through and through. He says this. He says, the gospel is not an old, old story freshly told. It's a fire in the spirit fed by the flame of immortal love. And woe unto us if through our negligence to stir up the gift of God, which is within us, that fire burns low. Turn to your neighbor and say, get the fire. Get the fire. Last, 
Last thing I just want to share. Um, I, I bought myself a picture just because I fell in love with it when I saw it for my birthday. I got it on Saturday or maybe I got it Friday. And, and can you show that picture, Sandy? Jesus chasing after the lamb. The lamb has just got out of the mud puddle. And uh, Jesus is chasing him down. And I love that for many reasons. But one is that all of us at some point came to the place, or not all of us, maybe there's some in the room that haven't yet, and I invite you to that place, where you knew the cross was for you and you needed him to die for you. You needed him to pay the price for your sins. And, and he had been chasing you to bring that revelation to you. And then actually he caught up with you because you stopped and you turned around and said, I need you, right? Slam hasn't done that yet. And when we said, I need you, he not just saved us from our sins, but he saved us unto a kingdom lifestyle of joy, peace, and righteousness. And he wants to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives and through our lives. And, and I just love this because he's restoring us to the joy of our salvation. Somebody say, come on, I'll take that. A fresh joy of re realizing he was after me. He was after me. He left the 99 to come after me. I'll never, ever, ever forget the day I met Jesus. He finishes John 15 with this, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Not based on the circumstances of life, but based on this connection that I got. I'm filled with joy. So stand with me, because this picture also talks about a shepherd. And so one of the things, like we're going to start off in Psalm 23. Mariah, would you come on up? Is your team ready to come up? We're a little bit late. Haley's my daughter. She's over there with the kids. So, hi, Haley, please forgive me. I've been really good at not being late. Um, so Psalm 23, we kind of start, a lot of us were in Psalm 23 and 2023. But we found so much life, those of us who were there. Um, you know, it starts out, and this is something I'm believing. We're going to step into it in the email starting tomorrow. Um, I'm believing this whole church, by the end of this week, will have memorized Psalm 2023. Psalm 23, um, not because you can check off a mark, but because you found God in it. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me if you know it. I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I may go through the shadow of death. I've missed that a little bit. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows, and surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. There is so much gold and God 
in that one song. So, Lord, I ask, I ask right now for a fresh hunger for you, a fresh desire to follow you, a fresh desire to keep your commandments and abide in your love, a fresh desire to experience the living God in the word of God. Lord, I thank you that you're setting us on fire again, Lord, that you're awakening our soul to why we're alive in this hour. We are the answer and the solution to a broken and lost world. I pray that you position us to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit, not just making us feel good about ourselves, but that we would release power and walk in purity into a lost and broken world. I'm asking God, make us alive in you and help every ounce of lukewarmness be overcome by the fiery love of Jesus. Let us not be apathetic. Let us not compromise. Let us not be people of complacency. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. And all of God's people said, amen. I asked Mariah to lead us in this song. So let's finish with the song. Mm-hmm.